0: said when when we met um the uh the compensation package or the agreement you have with your owner is is incredible um so that's incredibly unique yeah super intriguing that you work for somebody that gets it right that that there's Mm -hmm. a mutual benefit there and then in all the times you've talked at the meetings we've gone to it seems like you have a great capacity for understanding people's you know unique qualities and then helping them do that at work, you know, we, so.
1: We, we, try, we try. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and, and, and it's, you know, if you can do it in insurance, you can do it in anything, right? Because right. it's not necessarily the most exciting work, but. Uh, and it's, a, it's still a very conservative industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, Which... and highly competitive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I mean, we're, we're on opposite sides of the you all are selling the policies and then we're you know right on us when uh, the worst happens so uh, absolutely seeing that full picture so
2: You can't see me. You can't see me.
0: (laughs) You literally can't see me because I'm behind a wall of socks.
2: You can't see me.
0: The Diojo Studios, um, an undisclosed location somewhere in Puyallup, Washington, (laughs) is filling up. We've got socks. Everywhere. The doorbell rings. Ding. Dong. And we peek out the window to see the Amazon delivery person scurrying away. They do not want to either disperse nor contract COVID from a physical interaction with the client. As they've been trained. We, we, we. Open the door, and we see a large box. We run to the box, and we open the box, and we say, "What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box?" And at our house, since my wife and I are both running a September team. The Diojo Podcast first annual September competition-style sock-raising effort to support local charities, which has been like—I'm blown away by the support. Um, we've got six teams, um, six kind of local teams. Um, with a team in Canada and a team in Reading, Pennsylvania, and it's been off the charts. Like uh, we have the Amazon Jason Sturgeon credit to Jason and Mary Sturgeon at Arcade Wayfinding. They suggested an Amazon wish list, which was something I never would have thought of. And um, and so socks have been showing up at the Three Kings sock agents headquarters um you can see in the background we got a stack of socks my kitchen table my wife called she's like do you know somebody named gordy and i was like you haven't listened to a recent episode of the dojo podcast with gordy powell from georgia clean so our kitchen table was full of uh of uh brand new socks so send in, gordy sent the love from georgia I want to mention, um, you can see the team, uh, captains and the teams, and, and they've been doing a good job of promoting their team members, but, uh, some people that have really been stepping up, um, even uh, as members of those teams, Sarah Allen from Superior Restoration has been really active, Gordy Powell is with Georgia Clean, um, and he's been a guest on the podcast, Alex Watts with Avenue 5, he gave to the wrong team, but he gave, that's what counts, um. Judy Brown from Tacoma Trophy said uh, she's got a box filling up at the office. They do great trophies. I don't know if you've seen some of the Diojo Podcast Awards we've done and some of the um, Three Kings Prizes we've given out for safety. Uh, Luke Drager with the Ramsco. He's got uh, a box there. They're a sponsor, and they're giving out a prize as well, uh, a fan, an air mover uh, for the winning team. Woody Frame with Zoom Drain up here in Seattle has been contributing Marina Tanay has been very active on our team, thankfully she's on uh, Kings, helping us raise socks. Um, She's with Wamoa and Sumner School District. Kyle Mew, I I hope I'm saying your name right, with Engineered Products sent a a crap ton of socks to the office. Um, Tania Barrett with Thrive uh, Thrive Surfaces sent a bunch of socks to the office. Amanda Solberg from Three Kings um and i apologize i don't have all the names i was just trying to pull them off of the website or from linkedin and, and posts from like tammy Berkeley from merit construction they've been getting some great community um, support lindsay ward did up these boxes and decked them out in pink and distributed them and i know they've been hauling socks in um, we're hoping to get a count this week and, and give an update. So you can look for that on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, Kelsey Isaacson, the sock agents, her team, um, has been hauling in socks. So it's been really fun. Uh, the, the Diojo podcast.com forward slash sock dash timber. Um, and, and it's been, it's been a lot of fun and I'm, I'm super grateful that, uh, Everybody's been supporting it and thank you. Keep sending the socks. We're, we're piling up. So it's going to be awesome to distribute these. So one aspect of our guest today. So why don't I maybe I'll do things a little bit differently. Stephen Harrington is uh, he's the chief operations officer for cross insurance this is his nine to five his full time gig. And I met him. Uh, in Tacoma at various, uh, met him at various events. Actually, I think the first time we met, there was a little after hours event for the Puyallup Chamber um, at Red Canoe Credit Union here in town, and so big personality, um, you know, lights up a room, a uh, lot of fun to be around, you know, especially on those, <laughs> you know, we were new to town and um, you know, that can be awkward. And so um, he has a great way of making people feel, you know, have fun and feel invited. Um, and then we met at a couple of different things, and then we met up for coffee and heard more about his story. And so he also is um, started the Diva Insurance, Diva of Insurance, so he's a data nerd, um, which in insurance is, um, in all businesses is critical, right? So, you know, the people behind the, the, the operation, the process that give the data that's actually actionable, right? That um, helps you make decisions, helps you direct and 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 confirm your vision is working, that you're making progress, and so um, passionate about. He's passionate about making that stuff work, and um, and so has done that for Cross Insurance as they continue to acquire. Um, additional companies and grow and then you know like most of you know when you're adding team members rapidly um, one of the hardest things to do is to keep it consistent my daughter's working for a local restaurant and they've added two restaurants and so um, you know she's learning that part of the process where it's like this is what has made us popular and so what's going to sustain us build a legacy those kinds of things is if we can keep that you know, everybody talks about the McDonald's way, but keep that vibe, right? Their, um, their theme is uh, it's an anime thing. I always get it wrong. I think like My Hero Academia, I'm sure all of you are well aware, but it's Naruto. I got corrected by my youngest daughter. And, um, and so I guess it blew up on TikTok because people really enjoy it. So people are coming from Oregon and Idaho to come visit this restaurant. And so, um, you know, it, it's interesting talking to her because eventually she'd like to be a restaurateur or own a coffee shop and so talking about well you know this is you know she's learning how this um, group uh, has started and been successful and is expanding and so it's exciting it's exciting you know to see your kids um, and people you know and love and respect you know start to grasp things and think about you know well what if I did it what would it look like and what can I learn from other people so Cosmonaut Coffee Shout out, that's become one of our favorite spots. It's just a little tiny little coffee shop uh, in Tacoma. Um, delicious coffee. So they really do it well. So that's uh, okay. So uh, bringing it all back around, okay, we just went on a tangent, but um, the, the idea of loyalty. So, what really intrigued me when I met with Stephen was his boss, um, you know, hired him. And Steven and him kind of worked, you'll see, Steven kind of came in and said, hey, this is what I'm gonna do now. This is what I'm gonna do. And the boss was like, okay, that makes sense. And then, and giving them a lot of freedom, a lot of trust, empowering them to do those things, both to express himself professionally, personally, and to the benefit of the company. And, um, and just the, you know, like Steven talks about people have offered him much more money and he's like, no, like the, at this point there, there's, um, nothing you could do that would, would steal me away because of the freedom and the trust and the opportunities I have. And so just super unique. But, um, I can remember times when this has come up in my career where it's like, you know, oh, these, these friggin' kids, these dang kids, these millennials, these gen this and gen that, they're not, um, loyal anymore, right? You just can't find loyal employees no more. (laughs) (coughs) I always do that. Uh, Um. You just can't find loyal employees no more. They don't make them like they used to. So. But what's so funny in that is companies aren't like they used to. And those companies that used to, um, you know, uh, Tony Canas and um, Carly Burnham wrote an excellent book a while back. Um, It's a practical. Okay, so Tony Canas or sorry. So Tony Canas. And Carly Burnham wrote an excellent book a while back. It's directed at the insurance industry, but it's, it's a practical guide to engaging millennials. It's in the insurance industry, but really in any industry. Um, And it's called insuring tomorrow. So on the topic of loyalty, they said the key perspective, millennials have a different definition of loyalty than previous generations did for boomers loyalty means i came i stayed for 30 years and i got my gold watch for millennials loyalty means i worked very hard while i was there so and and what's crazy is they also mentioned the current workforce millennials saw their parents and grandparents get downsized and lose pensions they entered the workforce as the first generation with no expectation of lifetime employment so the current and they say again the current label force defines loyalty as I worked hard while I was there so this idea and I never got that it's like if I'm hiring somebody if I got six months of a superstar you know somebody that's just going to knock it out of the park embrace our culture and enhance it right that's I mean it's not just like come in and just become a drone but embrace it and then show us how we can enhance it and grow it right and and so this idea of loyalty um you know what they've done at Cross Insurance with um, with Stephen trusting him to hey if you're doing something that's solely for Diva Insurance then we expect you to take time off and and cover the cost yourself if it's something that's mutually beneficial to Cross and Diva let's discuss that and if it's mostly Cross then you know um, bill it to the company so uh, just crazy I mean. You talk about loyalty, I think it comes down to trust. I think everything in work comes down to trust. And it's, I've had that discussion with managers before, people in a position of leadership, where it's like, yeah, we need to trust each other. And it's no, before trust comes honesty and integrity, right? So I don't have to like you to be able to work with you, but I have to trust that you'll do what you say, that you're honest in that. You know, you can be who you are, I'm not saying you and I have to be the same, but I have to trust that if you say you're gonna do something, you do it, right? You do your job, you handle your business. If I trust that you handle your business, we're gonna be fine, you know? But if if you don't handle your business and you don't say do what you say you're gonna do, there will never be trust. Like, you can't just, well, trust them. No, they're not trustworthy. <laughs> And so we've had that conversation before with people, and, and and it doesn't seem to click. Just trust them; they're your team member. No, that's not how that works. If they don't do what they say they're going to do, you know, they promise things and not deliver them to team members and clients and um, and those kinds of things, and you're not going to have trust. So. This idea of loyalty is is wild, um, you know, and and I've definitely a challenge to the people in the position of leadership here, looking at people's work histories and well, they were there six months and there for a year, and then filtering it through your concept of what the labor force was, um, or should be. And, uh, you know, the generational change. But that's the thing. It's like there aren't... Those jobs don't exist anymore, you know. Or very few of them where people stay in one spot. Um, one thing, too, that Arcade Wayfinding really brings up um, and as posted lately was the um, uh, promotion without preparation. Um, and I guess it's actually, according to them, a leading factor in, like, suicides in the skilled trades because people just... Your livelihood you know of course you want a promotion but you're just kind of thrown into a position and so that is something near and dear to my heart that is part of what we do at the dojo podcast it's a huge part of be intentional estimating i mean if i can carve out a career in property restoration you can do it some of the things that have helped me do that are in this book be intentional estimating But um, the idea that you just get thrown into, you're good at this, so you get thrown into leadership is not, it's a recipe for disaster. You're either, you know, training somebody to, you know, grind it out and then basically make themselves worth more and probably have to go somewhere else because you're not going to view them as worth more. Or they're just going to continue doing what they were good at, which is usually sales, and steal that away from their team rather than build a team. Um, or they're just going to you know, burn out and leave. And so it's just a recipe for disaster and then you know, uh, perhaps even a contributor to fatality. So um, you know, pretty wild. Um, like I said, Arcade Wayfinding has a really good uh, process um, here locally and it's available nationally for helping people in skilled trades develop. You know, that's what we try to do at the JoJo Podcast, help you shorten your dang learning curve for professional development. Um, so, let's get into it um, with Stephen Harrington, the diva of insurance. You work for Cross Insurance, right? Is your nine to five? Yep, Cross Insurance is my full-time career. <laughs> and, and you're the, uh, what's your title now?
1: I'm the Chief Operations Officer, the COO, the
0: coup. Dang. And it you went from a short period of time Climbed the ladder pretty quick, right?
1: So I came over as the personal lines manager in the marketing department, basically. And within six months, got a little bit more involved. And within a year, I moved to chief operations officer. Dang. Overseeing
0: personal and commercial, like the whole, both departments. Oh, dang. Personal and commercial lines. Yeah. Um, and then what's your, what's your side gig called Uh, diva of insurance that's the official title
1: that it's diva of insurance incorporated that is my business license that's my logo
0: that's my business card (laughs) yeah i know it's your logo and everything that's (laughs) awesome very cool yeah so
1: i had years ago when i first started in insurance almost 20 years ago aol was a hot little thing for email (laughs) nobody had work email back then we all had aol if we had email at all And as a joke, somebody's like, oh, you're the diva of insurance, because I'd been working at a bar. And I was like, absolutely. They're like, okay, cool. So I got diva of insurance at AOL.com, and it just kind of stuck. I went to my employer previously, and she's like, "Mm, that's not very professional. Let's get rid of that, and you're going to have a at the agency's name.com. And I was like, okay. But I still kept to my AOL account. Yeah, And as times changed, I just kept going with it. And as I got known more and more, people with my personal email, they're like, that's awesome. Or, you know, oh, Uh, then when I was starting my business, my boss was like, hey, you know, there's people that might not really be turned on by Diva of Insurance. Right. And I was like, "Mm, then I'll charge them double when they need my service. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean...
0: Well, that that's is what your, it is. That's not your ideal client, right? I mean, right. Because right. This, especially in sales, right, they're buying you, right? Well, and, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's data cleanup. So I mean, there's only so many people that have the understanding to do it and have the drive to do that. I mean, it's very rote work. You have to go in, you have to dig deep, you have to understand it, and then fix it.
0: Yeah. Well, let's so let's start there. You had a prior boss that didn't get. It the diva of insurance so, but that was like a niche that by being 100% that you could unlock a whole nother realm right I mean like right I, I think that's the biggest thing because even I think even people that are jerks right mm-hmm. you can thrive right you just don't pretend that you're not right like right. just be a jerk and there's right. plenty of people that want to do work with jerks you know <laughs> like just yeah. be authentic so What, so what, what's the contrast between your prior boss who didn't get diva Vint. My
1: prior boss was extremely supportive of education and training. I I ran the agency. I did taxes, payroll. I mean, I literally learned the business from the ground up. Yep. So extremely grateful for that opportunity. It just got to the point where we were, I was growing in a different direction than the agency and it asked for things that weren't happening. It wasn't part of her business plan. Right. So I was like, hey, I'm going to go look for other opportunities. Right. And I kind of stumbled into cross insurance. I've known them for quite a few years previously, just out in the industry going to similar conventions or whatever. And I was like, hey, I want to come and run your personal lines department. I know you've been struggling with this. I've helped you with your data a little bit. Like It was just a we were just talking as friends. And I was like, let me just take a look. I was like, I want to come in, I want to fix this, I want to do this job. And they were like, we're not hiring, we have an agency manager. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just letting you know. And this yeah. was previous to my putting in my notice. And finally, one day, I was like, you know what, life's not going to change unless I change it. I yeah. could have made tons of money at the agency I was at and been, been very well paid for the rest of my life had I just stayed there. Yeah, but it wasn't what was making me personally happy. Like I was not fulfilled when I went home every day. Yeah. I was stressed or I was mad, or I would take work home, and I fi- we finally decided as a family, it wasn't worth it. Right. So I put in my notice, I called back and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> calling you first, I'm now going to be unemployed in two weeks, So you get first, first choice, I really want to work for you, or I'll put my resume out there. And we did some negotiation, I took a pay cut, I lost some vacation, and I came over. Um, I mean, it was basically that day, they were like, oh, yeah, no, we really would be Hmm. silly not to take you. Yeah. So, But they had only seen me outside of the office. So they already knew that I, you know, was bubbly or had a a good personality, and they respected that. They were perfectly fine with that. so when I started here, it was basically I created my own position and I was coming in going, oh my God, it's such a mess. Let's get the, like, I wanted to fix everything at once. And I had to slow down and be like, what do we really have to focus on?
0: I can literally imagine you showing up and everybody's like, well, hi, hi what do you do here? And like, oh, this, uh, well, this is, what, you know. <laughs> yeah. The first, the first two, <laughs> weeks, the first two <laughs> weeks I worked for the
1: agency, I worked from home. Yeah, yeah. and just clean things up in the background and people are like who's this sjh because it's our initials in the system like who's this person they're like oh don't worry about it don't worry about it and then i sh- we had an all staff meeting where i showed up yeah i was like hey some you know me some you don't i'm the new <laughs> personal lines manager yeah and they were like oh oh and then i was like we're going to start getting structure like i'm glad we're five locations they do things five different ways we're going to start doing them all one way
0: Indeed. That's okay. So were you at prior because like you said, uh, insurance is is a fairly conservative, right? Uh So you're, um, I I heard someone talk about this, like with football coaches is, you don't want to be the person that introduces something revolutionary, right? Because there's safety in, even if you fail doing it the same way everybody else, (laughs) right? There's because you 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 hang them out there, um, and and you may have some success. But if you fail, everyone's like, "I knew it! I told you so!" You know, this right. guy's a renegade or whatever. So, was w- were you at like a captive, more larger entity? Is it a big small thing? Where the small uh, no?
1: I was a small. I was at a small agency that was independent. Okay. So we had three main companies. We were ultra preferred, meaning we did like package yeah. package quotes. It was auto home umbrella. It was higher net worth clients. It was yeah. oh. I mean, it was, it was all very nicely packaged because over 10 years, we took our book from Anything and Everything and cleaned it up and made it what we wanted
0: it to be Yeah.
1: to this, where they literally wrote Anything and Everything, and that was fine. I just wasn't used to it. Yeah. But they also grew by buying other agencies. Right. So they would acquire the location and the staff and then roll them into
0: the existing company. So Cross was being a lot more okay. aggressive. They were, yeah. And
1: we still are being very aggressive with growth. Yep. Yep. we had to, to keep growing, we had to streamline some processes. So yeah. I spent time with, I didn't change everything overnight. I spent, had to spend time with each office, find out who was doing what, yeah. looking at the system to see like, is this really the best way to do it or not? And then slowly getting people to buy into, this is really how we should log the phone call in. This is really how we should do a receipt. This is really how we should answer the phone. Yeah.
0: Do you like cats? Yes. I have two cats. We just got a kitten, so uh That's it's been adorable. Climbing up my leg. <laughs> <laughs> adorable kitty. We thought it was a girl. We just found out from the vet that uh Hank's a, a, a boy, so.
1: Yeah, uh, we had two boy cats that ended up being girl cats. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I guess we're all really good at a, a, at a We're a,
1: really good at anatomy with small kittens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so well, I've seen that so many times in, in restoration it's, and it's happening right now. I was previously at a company and, and um, two main components merged, right? Kind mm-hmm. of East Coast, West Coast. And uh, it, it felt a lot like there was them and us, right? right. So they do it this way and we do it this way. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it too was one side did had a whole lot more history doing restoration and one side had a whole lot more history doing carpet cleaning. And so then you have some of that, I mean, that onboarding of cultures and deciding what the new culture is going to be is incredibly difficult, right? It's a nightmare. These people are set in their ways, and these people are set in their ways, and then, well, you guys are just carpet cleaners, or, well, you guys are restoration guys, you know, and so. Uh, and I think
1: the opinion, too, is if, if if we keep doing it our way, then they'll just eventually forget that they were telling us to do it another way. Yeah. Like, there's well, no follow-through.
0: It's easier maybe when things are a bit more remote. And so, whereas mm-hmm. you guys are, you know, state of Washington, right? Are you in Oregon yeah. as well?
1: uh, We're licensed in, I think, eight different states, but all of our
0: offices are located in Washington. Washington, yeah, yeah. So, so even more, yeah. Uh, so, what? A, what's, um, maybe, can you talk about that? Just, what are a couple of key things that you see, like, a, a few things that really help set it up for success and a few things that are really... Right.
1: I think that, I mean, when I first started, it was literally each office had worked together. Most, most of the offices had worked together. They hadn't worked with the other offices. They talked to each other when they needed to, but Marysville was Marysville and Tacoma was Tacoma and Olympia was Olympia and, you know, and they were their own little bubbles. And it was, I'm not handling that. That's a Marysville issue. Or I don't want to deal with this. That's an Olympia problem. And I'm in Tacoma. Why am I getting this call? Right. And I think what we really, I mean, one of the great things we did is we started backup buddies. They, everybody would, they were gone on vacation or out for the day, they yeah. had a set person to back them. And That's it was somebody from a different office. Yeah. So it forced them to kind of <laughs> learn, learn a little bit about the, the other agents. And then we also started doing, and this was more recently, but we started doing weekly meetings. So we have a weekly team meeting we had been doing it through Zoom or Teams. We use Teams now. But we had been doing that since before the pandemic. So we had team meetings every other week and a staff, yes, all staff once a week. So that everybody was complaining that they didn't know what was happening or one
0: person would find something out and nobody else would. Yeah. So that kind of helped bring the team together. It's- If you've been watching or listening to the Diojo podcast for any period of time, you know that we do things a little bit differently here. Our goal is to inform you, to entertain you, and to help you shorten your dang learning curve for professional development. So, in the spirit of doing things a little bit differently, here is a sponsored advertisement done a little bit differently. You need the data. You need the information. We need data.
2: Please, please!
0: Right? You need the data from the field. But so many of these systems are cumbersome, right? How do you help? the people that you need the information from get it to you quicker there your pinch point you as the owner the estimator the project manager production manager you need the data give me give me give me i need oh. i need right we get paid for the data the documentation that we can present to you know the clients and the carriers and the programs so when we start to think as people in a position of leadership i talk about this and in be intentional estimating you know how do we facilitate Uh, the processes so that the people that we need the information from can give it to us more consistently, clearly, and effectively. Uh, I need, I need, uh, give me, give me, please! One of the things that really excites me about Accelerate Restoration Software, this is designed by restoration contractors for restoration contractors, and they work diligently on their platform to make it as tech-friendly as possible. If if it can't be used by the people in the field, um, then how is that going to translate into helping you, you know, bill more efficiently, effectively, and get paid quicker? Right, all right, right. We are excited, this collaboration between Accelerate Restoration Software and the Diojo Podcast. Accelerate hands down offers the best field service solution in the restoration market. They're putting their money where their mouth is. They're giving away a free iPad to prove it. We'll have a prize package together, um, which will include a copy of my book, a Diojo Podcast t-shirt, the free iPad, which will be co-branded from Accelerate and the Diojo Podcast. If you go to XL, restorationsoftware.com forward slash landing forward slash ipad dash giveaway we'll have the link in the notes and uh, you can register there you can also sign up to request a free demo but get this by restoration contractors for restoration contractors to help you shorten that time between um, work completed and work paid for by presenting you with a tool that is easy for your text to use so you get the information that you need
1: give me give me give me i need i Uh, need
0: check it out uh we'll have the links in the show notes and uh look forward to seeing you all live october 5th when we announce the winner of the accelerate restoration software free giveaway then we actually hired a
1: consultant to come in and help us with our marketing and brand guide so they sat down with the owner, Andrew, they sat down with the co-owner, they sat down with me, and they sat down with all the staff, and came up with what our company culture was, even oh. though we didn't know what it was. We, yeah. They asked us a bunch of random questions. The first day, they're like, okay, what's your culture? We're like, uh, we're a fun, family-based business that likes to sell insurance, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. that's not a brand. Like, <laughs> let's, let's figure this out. So, I mean, it took like it was a three month process of coming up with, I mean, colors and pictures and stories wow. and yeah. an actual guide that then we had meeting after meeting after meeting discussing with everybody. So we were, were, at least now we're all on the same page. Yeah. Which has made hiring the last three people I've hired have been almost instant. We have a very set process now for interview. And basically, two of the people were like, I've already heard about your agency, I'd be stupid not to take this job, you know, oh. you believe in your employees, and I've heard great things about you. So Absolutely. because we've, I mean, because we've defined our culture and defined our, our story, yeah. the message is now getting out there. So it's making it a little easier for me to get top talent or recruit, when before i would get 400 applications of people that were barely qualified and i'd have to pick the best of i mean if there was somebody good i would pick them but now i'm picking up the phone going hey i don't know if you're looking or not but
0: we're hiring and i've heard great things about you it's much more objective do you do you find in that process i always try to tell people your culture is not some made-up thing you know everybody's at the poster on the wall right right? right and, and and it's funny you say that about, you know, uh, we're fa- family fun and we sell insurance, right? Everybody's like, well, our culture is we're better. But, right. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, and that was, I mean, my idea of what our brand was, was totally different than the owners. It was totally different than the rest of the management team. And the staff yeah.
0: was like, oh, well, we love, you know, Marysville, and Yeah. Did, so it sounds like you guys kind of nailed that because you have to get input from everybody. So everybody feels involved, right? right? But at some point you have to synthesize it. And obviously I think like you guys found sometimes having that third party, that's not a part right. of the policy. We had tried
1: for almost a year to come up with our own brand guide and our own story and do everything. And finally we were like, mm, we failed miserably at trying to do this ourselves. Let's, and we had somebody that we'd done other work with and we were like, yeah. Hey, yeah. we're now going to write you a check and let you do your, you know, do your thing.
0: Well, and I think you said at one of those meetings we were at in Tacoma, it was it was a hefty check, right? I mean, it was an uncomfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. Out, right?
0: It it it
1: makes it enough that you have lots of skin in the game and you participate. Yeah. Otherwise, um, yeah. you probably could have had a very nice bonus at the yeah. end of the year.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I and mean, then, but do you find does ownership feel like it paid off and it's-, it's- Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So yeah. we, we continue to use a couple of the programs from the same person. We do, yeah. um, we do with the staff and we have evolved the programs a little bit to yeah. build them out even more to take it to yeah. the next level. But because we had the consultant that was so personable with all the staff, they all bought in. And it was a yeah. six- I mean, it wasn't an overnight. I mean, it was a six-month transition.
0: Do you recall, were you part of the conversation? I mean, like you type in consultant, right? I mean, you're, mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. Do you recall, I mean, did you go with somebody local? Were you looking for something specific or? We were
1: looking for something very specific. It started with an agency assessment is what it was called. They came in at, and she's based out of Rhode Island. So no, it was nowhere near. Very local. <laughs> <laughs> she was on the opposite coast. But because because Andrew, Cross, who owns the agency, believes so much in the push was to get us more advanced than most agencies technology-wise and and mm-hmm. training-wise and stay that way versus trying to always play catch-up. Yeah, yeah. So my first year with the agency, we were getting everything in place, getting our uh, systems in place, technology in place, learning new systems, and pushing it so far advanced that then we just had to keep learning new things. We weren't having to constantly be like, oh, we need to fix this and fix this and fix this. But because we went to so many conferences and we went to so many different things, we kept running into the same lady over and over and over again. Hmm. And she does nothing but work with other insurance agencies. So we paid her a large sum of money to come in. She did an agency assessment at first where she interviewed every single employee uh, found out what their goals were, like what did they like or dislike about their job? Were they a good fit for the agency? Were they happy? Were they not happy? And we ended up actually eliminating two positions the same week. Huh. Not because they were horrible employees, but just because it wasn't a good fit culturally for what she felt for the agency. Yeah. Then out of that was when I became the chief operations officer because I was good with the systems and processes and – and the data and Celia became, Celia was our commercial lines manager and she became the IT technology. She does all of our acquisitions now. So we became very clear as to what our job roles were.
0: Yeah, clear.
1: Which then helped the staff better understand because they were calling, I mean, either one of us would gonna call for everything and we just try to handle it and it wasn't always the same answer. So she came in and just really helped us realize, you know, these are the people we need to push harder. These are the people that are, are going to be there for a great amount of time, but this is, they're happy where they're at. I was always like, Oh, I need to get you to my level so I can move up. And people were yeah. like, I, not everybody wants that. They're happy where they're at.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, and that's, so. what's crazy is, uh, you know, um, I just did a video on like uh, that idea uh, uh, common sense isn't common anymore. Mm -hmm. and and that was exactly kind of one of the conclusions i came to is most often most industries ours is no different than yours if you're a good salesperson right you get the attention of the ceo or whatever we're going to promote you well sales skill and manager skill uh not to say one or the other is better but they're very very different right so what makes you great as a salesperson doesn't always make you great it's like uh I don't know if you watched that last dance with Michael Jordan, you know, like he was brutal and he and he wasn't a great coach. A lot of times people that are superstars in one area don't know necessarily how to communicate. Like, I just do it, work harder, you know. Right. They don't, you know, um understand always how to communicate it. Um <clears throat> and sometimes that gets poo-pooed on, right? Those who don't coach, you know, and it's you know, that can be true, but it's a different skill set. But so many times so how do you guys, it's, it's unique to have that much investment. Yes. And how did you guys continue with it? Because so often, all right, we hired the consultant, they gave us the paperwork. We got the roles and responsibilities chart, right?
1: She is a very bright lady. She, uh, it's a six month contract. So there's check-ins, like there's weekly check-ins and uh, every other week check-ins and there's homework that has to be done and you're held accountable. I mean, that's, Why it was worth the investment is we didn't have an option not well we could have walked away from it and then she would have been like fine bye
0: okay me well and she was empowered to make basically recommendations and follow absolutely that's what we yes we 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 brought her in and she
1: the first day was like here's what i here's what i do what is your expectation yeah And we had the conversation. She's like, I'm going to tell you the way it is. You may or may not like it. And I'm going to tell you the changes you need to make. It's still your decision whether you do this or not. Yeah. But I'm going to hold you accountable. And if you're not accountable, then we're done. Like you paid me and I'm not going to waste my time investing in you if you don't want to invest in yourself. Yeah. I mean, she said it in a much nicer way, but but I tend to take it to the point and-
0: and be direct, yeah. Right. Well, that, I mean, that's what's funny, right? The paradox of of even like your personality, right? In public, very, um, you know, uh, approachable and very fun to be around and stuff like that. But I know enough people that I've been around, like those one on one conversations, they can be difficult, right? You know, yeah, so knowing yeah. how to be both is important, so
1: I'm, right? I mean, and like right now, I'm meeting with some. I'm meeting with a coach myself once a week on how to. Learn more about the employee's feelings or uh, you know, how to be more involved in a non numbers kind of way. Because I'm there, at, I mean, in the office, it's here's what it is, here's yeah. what the expectation is, here's how I want you to get there. You tell yeah. me what you need along the way.
0: That's interesting that you say that because, like I said, when we've been out and about, I, I wanted to take this whole circle. You've got an owner that saw unique in you, right? Mm-hmm and and saw the value of allowing you to fully explore that and it benefits you personally it benefits the company correct you more engaged like you said you have more so i want to circle back around to that you know managing others but so how <laughs> I, I think this is gonna like blow people's minds <coughs> yeah right right but like if an owner can find something unique in somebody invest in that like you've turned down offers for more money, significantly more money.
1: Yeah, significantly more money because that it's I'm happy. I mean, my work-life balance is very good at this point, okay. and I have somebody that believes in me. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's the big story is he's like, all right, cool, go try it. Just keep me updated as to what's happening and make sure
0: that you're getting your work done. Well, and you shared when we got coffee that one time, like your boss trusts you too to say, you say I'm doing this. This is mutually beneficial, so you are paying for it. So, I'm doing this. It's mostly beneficial to me, so I'm going to pay for it. Correct. So yeah. I mean, what, uh, what I,
1: what my side business is data cleanup and consulting for other agents that have the same management system we have.
0: Super exciting stuff, huh?
1: Super exciting Ooh. stuff. It's 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 thrilling. I actually did a road show for the, with Celia and the owner Andrew. We did a. I think we did six cities in last fall where we trained database cleanup. It was, I mean, we just went on the road and did it. And from that, people were like, do you, do you do consulting? Like, can I write you a check to help me or can you come in and fix it? And I was like, no, 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 no. And my boss was like, well, first ask them how much they're going to pay you. And I was (laughs) like,
0: uh, Speaking of things that make you go, uh, I'm holding up a copy of my book. Be intentional estimating. Here's a little bit of why it might be good for you to buy it and read it and tell all your friends about it. But this is what your estimates look like when you just take a bunch of light items, take a bunch of light items, just take, of light items just take a bunch of light items, and you throw them against the wall and you hope they stick. And you hope some adjusters brave enough to come up and say, yeah, it'll work. Why <laughs> is an estimating structure, process, mindsets, habits, important? A bad estimate, a jello estimate that won't stick to the wall? That's your profitability. <laughs> that's your ability to hire more people that's your ability to put some things away for retirement that's your ability to take a vacation that's your ability to not be stressed out every single day that you come into work Be Intentional Estimating by John Isaacson, the Intentional Restorer, is available through Amazon in Kindle and paperback. Check it out. It'll help you help your team write better estimates, have a better process leading to better outcomes, better profitability, and less dysfunction. Be Intentional Estimating. Never really
1: thought of that. So the next time I'm like, oh yeah, but I'm really expensive. And the guy's like, well, how expensive? I was like, I charge $300 an hour. He's like, so do I write you a check? Like, how does this work? Yeah. Like, totally nonchalant about the whole thing. And I was like, oh. So I went back to my boss. I was like, so it oh. looks like I might be able to make a good little penny on the side if I, you know, get a business license. And, yeah. and he's like, well, okay, how is that going to work? And I was like, well, I think... Working in other people's systems makes me also see the errors in our system. So that would be one thing. Also, we're building relationships with other agencies that yeah. may be getting ready to sell. And we're always ready to buy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a different way of building a bridge or looking at somebody being like, hey, maybe it really is time for you to retire. Yeah. Let me, let me put you in contact with somebody. Yeah. But it ended up, so I got my business license, I got a couple of clients, and then the consultant that we worked with was like, hey, if you can get a couple of testimonials and a couple of clients under your belt, I'm happy to um, start referring you to some of my clients that I know could wow. really use your help. Wow. So through that, we've ended up coming up with an entire process for her, she's doing everything remotely right now. And I've done all the training guides of how to set up the system and how to look at what you're looking for and running reports. And at the same time, I'm implementing them in our office as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's
1: something we were already doing. It just was taking it to the next level, cleaning it up, making it nice, pretty, putting a bow on it and then saying, okay, team, tear it apart.
2: Yeah.
1: And the staff here is happy to tell me when I've done something wrong or happy to you
0: know, be like, oh,
1: this doesn't work.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I can go oh. and fix it.
0: Well, that's a beautiful part of culture, right? So many people don't want um, don't want negative feedback, and negative feedback is, where like,
1: uh, uh, if all I ever got was positive feedback, I wouldn't grow. I right. mean, I need to know what's wrong or what's broken because yeah. I thrive on trying to
0: fix it or solve the puzzle. I don't. I, well, that's what fulfills that vision of being ahead and staying ahead, right? Like, right. Going to break down. Entropy comes into play, and everything's going to break down, or something new comes out. So, you have to allow for that feedback. Um, yeah how do you uh how do you how do you guys or, or do you is it important to you we want feedback but we want it constructively or you know do you do you have a filter on that to try to I some people like you said people's feelings right there are some people right. have never been around constructive criticism life. correct so how I, do you I, navigate that i think
1: I've gotten to know each person individually pretty well. So I know kind of their attitude and what they, how well or not well they will handle any situation.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think it's just tailoring the conversation to each individual, which is really important. I can't talk to person A the same as I can talk to person B. Yeah. One of my team leads, I can call and we can be swearing at each other like we're going to kill each other. Yeah. Right at the end of the call, we're like, okay, still love you. Bye.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the other one is more of a, you know, okay, here's what we need. Here's the steps we need to do. Can yeah. you take this from here? Yeah. Call me if you get stuck. Yep. The other one is like, okay, this is messed up. You need to fix it. Call me when it's done. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of learning each person's yeah. learning style and I mean their style to begin with is really important yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's uh I think that's what's a lot of times misunderstood about the golden rule is treat people the way you want to be treated. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think too often we filter that as, well, this is how I learned. This is how I receive information. You know, what's, what's the problem. I'm giving you the same opportunities I got, you know, I'm yelling at you just like my mentor yelled at me. (laughs) Well, that
1: was my struggle moving from, I wasn't, necessarily management in my last location going into a management position was yeah there was an error it was the end of the world and it better be fixed and it was your problem and somebody was always at fault Uh. whereas here it's like okay this is a lot bigger there's 20 people there's multiple options for things that could have gone wrong Where in the process did it fail and what can we do to prevent it the next time yeah but it took a whole lot of i mean Again, I've had to learn everybody's personality so that I could trade in a different way. Right. Before it was here's how we do it, here's why, here's the numbers, and this is what we need.
0: Get on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: And I think you run into the wall so many times doing that, then you're like, Oh, what do we maybe need to look at that's
0: a little different?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's important. You know, um I <laughs> I was at a job, they had a uh we were moving some shelves and um there's this big board and it had some people's names on it and checks on it. And I was like, what the hell is that? And they're like, that's the naughty board. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah. Like if you broke something or you made a mistake, your name went on the naughty board, rip that down, Like <laughs> that's yeah. how, you know, and then, but it was, it took, um, so the first time someone made a mistake, right. And I brought it, everybody's like, well, no, that was this person. That was this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not my point. we're not blaming we're just this is this went wrong so this affected the customer and affected our team what can we do you know what what are you talking about oh that's a different way to look at it (laughs) well but then then uh you have to prove it right and and you Mm -hmm. make mistakes because sometimes somebody just does something just off the rails and you know, your temperature's up to here, and, and you really want to uh, lay into somebody, and and, and that's when <laughs> your culture gets tested, right? You know, right. How how open are you? How? Um, uh, and I
1: think that that's where a strong management team comes in as well. I mean, I can call Celia, and I'll be like, we need to fire this person. I mean, I'm just
2: yeah, yeah, at the end,
1: which normally is not my personality, but I've had right. it, and I'm like, yep. I'm done. Blah, blah blah. And she's like, Okay, let's take <laughs> a breath and let's think about this and blah, blah blah. And I mean, and then she just like, and then she's so like, she knows me, so she's just so yeah. monotone about. She's like, And what really happened? And what upset you? And I'm like, Okay, this isn't help. It's helping, but it's not helping.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah
1: you know and it, same yeah. thing with Andrew he's like I'll call him with an issue he's like well what would you do and I'll tell him well that's what I would do too so just go ahead and take care of it or mm, maybe we should look at it this way yeah yeah So I mean I think that that's where that that people knowing their positions but also understanding that they have people to lean on is important as well
0: well I'm noticing too you're talking about Andrew like he's present in the business right mm-hmm. so which is a lot of Owners, you know, high level managers, it's their goal to get it to a point where they can just be hands off. And obviously, like you said, work-life balance that can look differently for everybody, but the owner's got to be engaged, right? Got to be with their pocketbook as well as, you know, their, their input and.
1: Right. So they either need to spend the money to solve the problem or they need to invest the time to solve the
0: problem or a
1: combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Andrew has done insurance for a very long time. He's a very smart man. He's set himself up to now most of the problems come to me and then I go to him when needed. Yeah. So he's still around. He still talks to the staff. He still makes decisions. He's still wow. very involved, Yeah. but he's not answering the phone day-to-day with the employee complaint or the mad customer. Yep. Just like we're now training people in personal and commercial lines. We have a team lead in each, and I'm training them to kind of take – some off of me so the other staff now report to them they report to me i report to andrew yeah. so we're building this structure of because again i believe if i can train somebody to do what i'm doing
0: yeah.
1: i can get to that next level
0: well and that i think that's the other part of it um which is weird i've experienced that a lot of my career is like when you're pushing right and you want opportunities and your opportunity you're challenge driven more so than money driven um, sometimes that can be a threat to, to other people, right? Whereas, like you said, when um, and that's I've viewed it the same way as you. Like, if I'm going up, it's creating opportunities for other people. And you should have people that are creating pressure for you to move your ass, right? Like, right. if we're just sitting around, you're holding people back, and they're gonna find another opportunity. You know, with a balance where, it, like, your spot where you can find a spot that you're good at. I think you said in one of the meetings we're at where you love getting on the phone with customers, right. And solving mm-hmm. problems. And, but you've understood in your role, you need to help other people. Right. I it. am not the best
1: person for anybody to talk to anymore when it comes but to insurance.
0: That's from the day to day.
1: Right. I, I now deal with numbers. I'm dealing with relationships with carriers. I mean, employees, I have so many other things going on. Yep. I can still go in and process your auto change. I can still take your payment, but, yep. I am not the best qualified person to do that any longer. Right. You know, and we've trained each level of person. Right. Once it gets past their level, it goes to the next level. Right, right. Just like they're welcome to pass it down. So I think that we've created very much an opportunity of, this is what I'm really good at and this is what I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if it's outside of this, I can try it if I want, but (laughs) I also have the opportunity to move that along.
0: Well, I think you said one of the, initial um things too is if somebody's having this problem understanding hey this person over in that office is excellent at that Mm -hmm. aspect so call them they can help you in helping people Um, that's super helpful when people understand well it helps that person most people right if you say this person is a subject matter expert all of a sudden they're brighter right they've been called out for something awesome but it also provides resources to the other people Uh, But also inspires them, well, what am I really good at, you know? And and, and finding – I was talking to um, uh, Jason and Mary Sturgeon. They have this company called Arcade Wayfinding, so they help construction companies. And he brought up the will. So the hammer has a will. Its will or its purpose, right, is to to drive nails, right? So you can use it to wash windows or sweep a floor, but it's not going to be (laughs) – super effective it can be done you know and so finding finding that I thought that was an interesting way to phrase it so it sounds like that's something you guys have done kind of intuitively or but the hard part is you as a new role and responsibility you have to be willing to step away and do something uncomfortable right you have to take a risk bite off something more than you can chew
1: (laughs) well and it's it's kind of like when COVID hit and everything got. we we knew about three days in advance that everything was probably going to be shut down. Yeah. Yeah. My boss and other manager were on their honeymoon. They were down in Mexico. I called in a panic. I was like, Hey guys, I think this is happening in the next week. They were like, Oh no, it doesn't sound that bad down here. You know, it's, it should be okay.
0: Yeah. Speaking of things that we think maybe should be okay, or it's just going to pass, but maybe it's not okay. And it's looming demise. Uh, we had a great conversation for last episode of the DOJO podcast, episode 32, which is also Pro versus Joe, the podcast within the podcast, uh, 007, with uh, first returning guest, David Princeton, Claim Advocate Service, um, and we talked about a lot of things, but one of the things was helping customers understand the process um, if uh, they're claim is questionable disputed or denied Um, that's a resource for insurance clients as well as restoration contractors to refer to someone like david to help them in a process maybe the restoration contractor can't
2: hey you just have you have someone who knows something is broken right um and then they know they have someone they've trusted to fix like brian right so, and then they have this adjuster that's supposed to somehow figure out the price. Yeah. What I always advise people to do is this, and it doesn't matter if you're a homeowner or a business, pick the contractor you want to actually do the job, get them in touch with the adjuster and give the adjuster and the contractor this instruction. When you guys reach an agreed price on the, uh, and scope of work to put me back in pre-loss condition, I'm then ready to authorize things to happen, right? So, because the authorization can only come from the insured, right? So the, or from the policyholder, they're not, the insurance company isn't going to pick your contractor. No power tools. Oh, what? No power tools. You know what I forgot? I to brush the insurance company isn't going to pick your contractor. The insurance company isn't going to pick your contractor, right? The insurance <laughs> company is, well, you can have program work, but they can't pick it. So that's steering, right? And steering's illegal. So that's steering, right? And steering's illegal. And that's why there's five minutes of disclosures on every phone call uh, saying you can pick anybody you want to do your work. However, we've contracted with so-and-so, right? Yeah.
0: And there's um, severe consequences if you don't choose this person, right? Well, there can be. We're just right? not going to
2: respond for three Yeah, weeks. yeah. Well, but, you know, who does that hurt? Honestly, if you have... A, if you, Um... Well, I think in the end it'll end up hurting the, the insurance company because if they've tendered proper notice under the claim and they document their losses and their damages, they have a duty to mitigate. Right? So you can still mitigate and perform work, but now you're if you don't feel comfortable that you have a covered cause of loss, which is where a public adjuster could come in and tell you, yeah, this is reasonably covered, right? Yeah. Um, you can you can be green lighting a lot of stuff. What you don't want to do is spoliate evidence, right? So whatever your sources are, so especially if you're on a fire scene, that fire scene hasn't been released. You shouldn't be in there, right? (laughs) So by authorities or insurance companies. Um, But then you also have in water losses, you don't get rid of the source of the leak, right? So you stop it from water coming out, right? But otherwise, you leave that thing intact and you wait for the adjuster to either collect the evidence or a plumber, or if if it's big enough, they're sending out an engineer to do it, right? Right. So... So yeah so there's there's lots of ways that you can actually use that to your advantage um uh, in claim situations.
0: yeah you're welcome uh it's our job here at the diojo podcast we're here for one purpose our job is to well let's say two we want to inform you and entertain you with the goal of helping you shorten your dang learning curve so we bring our friends pros people we don't know, people in the industry, people outside the industry to help you answer those tough questions and shorten your learning curve so that way you don't have to make the same mistakes that those of us who have been around a little bit longer have. And that's the whole Pro versus Joe as well. We help you shorten your dang learning curve.
1: And I'm like, I want to start ordering some equipment. They're like, well, if that's what you think we need to do, then... Order a couple of things just in case. Make sure we can return it. Then I called a couple of days later, I was like, Guys, it's getting it's definitely- getting serious. They're like, Yeah, we're getting on a plane right now to come back. You do order buy whatever we need to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we spent three days going all across Washington buying laptops and keyboards and screens and whatever because That's- we already had the infrastructure in place for people to work from home. We just hadn't yeah. allowed them to work from home.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And within 48 hours, every employee had a laptop, a full setup, and was ready to work from home. We had them go home, test the system, come back. And by the end of that week, we were like, okay, we're closed. We're now all working from home. Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of awesome. That at least we were to the point where we could do that. But then we also had the resource and the belief of the owner saying, yeah, if this is what we really need to do, just make it happen.
0: Yeah. Well, in insurance, uh, well, the good insurance companies, it's metric driven, right? You you, mm-hmm. you you, follow, you have your data, you know what you need to reach. Um, have you all found that uh, th- there's been any significant drop-off production-wise by having people at home?
1: No. Yeah. Uh, we still have lots of systems in place and they know how to read data. So I know pretty much what each person is doing for each yeah. day. Yeah. And I can run reports from pre-working at home to working at home and know, who's more productive than not based on where they are. But I mean, for the most part, people are extremely productive from home, especially the ones that had kids. That was the ones that I was worried about was, okay, you're going to have two kids running around the house now all day while you're trying to work. How's that really going to affect your workflow? And yes, they might take more breaks than they did before, but they're getting a lot more work done because they're pushing to still show that they're working.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, that's... I uh, not to. Too, I wrote an article about that because, like, in construction, it was like people are, um, you know, remote work, you know, this will never work, da, 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 da. And w- what I found, my assumption is um, most of the people that had um, an aversion to remote work didn't actually have any metrics prior. You know, it's just the feeling of, well, if they're here, I can walk by their office and I can see they're working, you know you know. Right. And that's not really a metric like whereas you, I mean you're a data person and even even collecting the data doesn't tell you the whole story. You got to be able nope. to interpret it and use it correctly right. Correct. So it's one step it's one level up to collect data useful data mm-hmm. Whole another level to translate into into usable metrics whether you call it KPIs or whatever. Correct. Um, and then and then help people grow from that because it can tell you a lot you know when And and just like you said, but it's got to be adaptable because, so maybe this person doesn't work from nine to five anymore, but they're getting as much or more done. You know, we just
1: hired our first actual remote employee. I'm like, you don't have a home office. She's like, okay. I'm like, you live in Olympia. So if you ever need to come in, you can use the conference room, but you don't have a home office. She's like, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of changing the way we're working as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's going to change a lot of things in that sense because, you know, not having to have the footprint of buildings and those kinds of things, the travel. I mean, how many companies have been talking about forever trying to reduce carbon, you know, Mm -hmm.
2: we're
0: commuting to work that have, don't need to be there to actually be productive. (laughs) Why, you know? And I
1: bounced around so much between all of our locations that I have my home office in Tacoma. I mean, my My executive office is at our Tacoma building. Yeah, but then I have my laptop, and I was at other offices two, three days a week, or staying overnight, or traveling for work, or I mean, going to conferences.
2: Yeah, and
1: I had the ability to work from home since the beginning. So, for me, it's more like, oh, now I'm stuck at home. Like it's a it's a joy to get to go to an office for four (laughs) hours
0: to get out of the house. Yeah. Well, I I loved what you said. Uh, Life's not going to change unless I change it, right? Do you Mm -hmm. feel, I mean, you're obviously at a point now where it seems like you're in a good spot. Leadership understands you. You're able to communicate with um, the people that you're responsible for early on. um, Do you remember, was there lessons that you had to learn or, you know, bigger risks that you had to take? (laughs) This is who I am and this is how I work. Right. And I mean, back in my last,
1: when I started in insurance, I didn't know anything about insurance I was a file clerk I did some filing somebody quit I was like if you pay for me to go to school for that 40 hours I'll get my license and the owner was like okay I went and did it passed the test I was like oh look I'm an insurance agent he goes okay have fun (laughs) I mean that was basically the end of my training like he was like oh there's another agent in the office I don't have to be here
0: we took the class yeah
1: right he's like (laughs) you're good so, I mean, I, I did struggle at the beginning learning, like, oh, it's more than just a 40-hour class. Like, there's real-life scenarios you have to deal with, and you have to really learn contracts and coverage yeah. and whatever. So, moving to the next the agency, purchased the agency I was at, was the last agency I was at. And that's where I started getting the actual education. Like, yeah. here's how to read a contract. Every contract is different. Just because it's auto doesn't mean it's really auto. There's, you know, a hundred different things that can be different. But it was also a more of a conservative office. It wasn't, I mean, I'm not saying it was stuffy, but it was, yeah. we need to dress professionally. We need to wear a, a nice shirt or a polo and, and khakis or slacks. It was a little more casual, but it wasn't. Cause if you're not wearing slacks,
0: no one's buying insurance.
1: Right. And then it was, I had to get involved in the chamber and all these other things and it was nobody wants to talk to you if you're not wearing a suit. So I went and bought a bunch of suits and, when I first started my chamber, doing things with chamber, I was wearing a suit and a tie to all these things because I was insurance. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, "Mm," like, (laughs) I would just sit around and be like, okay, if somebody wants to talk to me, great. Like I'm hot, I'm uncomfortable. Like this isn't fun for me. Yeah. So, you know, as it progressed, it was okay. I can wear slacks and, you know, a questionable blazer. Maybe it has a pattern or maybe it's, you know, plaid, or I mean, just something a little different, or my dress shirts became very fun with basic blazers.
2: Yep.
1: But I mean, I was so afraid to go outside of the norm, because I was told that I wouldn't get any business, or nobody would want to talk to me, or that's not how a professional person would act. Yeah. So when I started venturing out more and more and getting more involved, I was like, people don't care. Like they truly, if they're that, worried about what I'm wearing, that it's not somebody I want to be, to begin going to
2: convince them with your Right. Like, I yeah. can't convince
1: them to yeah. become my customer. Yeah. But at the same time, was, we were going through the transition with the office of finding our perfect customer and yeah. being okay to say no. Like, oh, yeah. somebody called for a quote, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I only quote your home and auto. Yeah. Nope, I only want home. Great. I got a number for another agent that's happy to take care of you. Yeah. And they were like, well, you don't want my business. I want your business on my terms. Yes. I want to do what I feel is best for you. So I think with getting that permission from changing the way the agency was operating, then I was like, okay, I'm going to push this a little bit more. I'm going to wear a fun shirt. I'm going to whatever. And then by the time I got ready to leave that office and went to the new one, I was like, here's how it is. I don't want to wear a suit anymore. I got rid of, I mean, my closet was full of suits and dress shirts and everything else yeah andrew the owner loves to wear khaki shorts and t-shirts and sandals like that's his go-to for a nice day yeah we we'll a hawaiian shirt or a polo shirt and if we have something that we really need to dress up for i yeah. totally get it i'm happy to do it yeah and so does he but i was like you know i am tired of this i need to be me i want to wear what i want to wear
0: yep
1: i don't think anybody's going to care he's like yeah. well we'll try it if it doesn't work you can always put your suit back on
0: yeah yeah
1: so, but I think that's because I had known them from outside of the industry for so long. That's what I was already wearing. I mean, yeah. I'd go somewhere in the evening or it'd be out a cocktail party at an insurance convention. And I was like, I'm not wearing a suit for this. Like it's, yes. we're drinking and who cares? Yes. Or, you know, we're, we're networking. Yeah. So I think that I was really lucky with that where he's like, well, we'll give it a try.
2: Yeah.
1: And I mean, now I have my closet is fun blazers. It's jeans, it's,
2: yeah. you know,
1: shirts I love. And I think that that makes me a lot more passionate about what I do as well.
0: Like when I get up and I put on
1: my set of jeans and I smile in the morning because I got some bling on. I mean, (laughs) I'm like, if I didn't have this job, I probably couldn't be wearing this. Yeah, yeah. But there's also an appropriate place and time as well.
0: Well, I think that's, yeah, being respectful or whatnot. I think that's, yeah, I think so often what we do is like, because our competitors do it or something like right. that. It's, it is, I mean, it's a risk to go outside the box, but a lot of times that's where, you know, the unique opportunities are. So, right,
1: I mean, yeah. and, and with with dressing the way I dress, it's I dress this way because it makes me happy. I truly yeah. enjoy what I wear. And yeah. doing a road show in six states, you know, talking about a, a vendor's product yeah. and how to clean up a database. One of the key points, that we were in Utah, one of the key points that people wanted to talk about was my studded jeans and my Gucci briefcase. <laughs> They're like, is that a Gucci briefcase? I'm like, yeah, I just got it when we were in San Francisco. It was a bonus. And they were like, yeah. shut up. Your boss got you a Gucci briefcase. I was like, yeah. well, no, we went not have these, but yeah, kind of. Cause it was my anniversary and I was doing good and I saw it and was in love with it. And so he just said, here, let's just do it. Yeah. They were like, that's so amazing. I wish my boss would do that. And I'm like, well, I'm not saying we do that for everybody. Like that was a one-off special surprise. Yep. But at the same time, yeah, it was, it was, people were like, Oh, and now I get calls all the time. I remember you because you had the, you know, great blazer or you always wore that pin or you had the great bag or.
0: Yep. Well, that's what I used to, um, it's become a lot more popular now, but like, you know, I was working for a company where I do sales. We do these trade shows and like crazy socks, right? Uh-huh. Because you know, there was a period of time, maybe six or so years ago, where they actually stood out, you know. And so, right, you know, and exactly that. You, maybe not everybody, but a couple of people were like, "I remember your crazy socks," you know. Mm-hmm.
2: So I've
0: got a I've got a nice fanny pack now. I don't know if you've seen it, but. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, just the, those little things stick out in people's minds, right? So, right, but I mean, um, and, and, if, and if you're being
1: yourself and you're definitely. happy in what you're doing, that's, I think, what really sticks.
2: Yep, yep.
0: You know, when you
1: go somewhere, you can tell, I mean, when I go to a networking event now, I can tell who's there because they have to be. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: And, and they're, I mean, maybe they're new and they're uncomfortable, and that's great. I'm happy to talk to them, but I can also tell who's there because they have to be, they don't want to be, and they don't want to be involved. Right, right. So who am I going to spend my time with? I'm going to spend my time with the person that's happy being there or right. the person that doesn't know anything.
0: and All this talk about uh, somebody that doesn't know anything and needs their hand held or is excited to be there. Um, that it, 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 Coincidentally, that happens to be the people um, that are or are not buying my book, be intentional estimating, people that are excited to read it and people uh, that aren't, that don't. So... Uh, Watch this ad and I think it'll change your mind. They're handheld. Right. We can see this golfer does not appear to be a successful person as he checks his fanny pack. What is he even hitting? A rubber ducky? This person doesn't know how to estimate. It's not even... What? Oh, that's (laughs) despicable. That's disgusting. This person needs to read a book. What book does it need to read? (sighs) Intentional estimate. My book is finally out. It's in Kindle format and in paperback. This person, on the other hand, knows the habits and the mindset that it takes to be successful in estimating property insurance claims because they've read Be Be Intentional intentional Estimating. estimating. Look at that posture. Look at that swing. Home run, ladies and gentlemen. Home run. Nice. Be intentional, be intentional estimating. Developing the right mindset and habits for estimating. yourself and your team to succeed with estimating property insurance claims. Boom, that's a mouthful. Yep. Estimating. Well, so um, do, you, do you hire a lot of young people yeah so what's uh, in thinking about being yourself at work and those kinds of things i think you know everybody likes to throw out around the millennial word or the mm-hmm. what's what's next gen z right and you got to where you are and your comfortability and your understanding of what's appropriate and not appropriate through a process right, right. well a lot of people um younger people maybe especially in insurance, right? They don't, maybe they don't have people that have experience with insurance or being in an office setting and those kinds of things. How do you, um, how do you help? Do you see that as a barrier? How do you help younger people understand? Hey, this is, <laughs> we want you to be you. Right. But this is kind of the boundaries. And, I guess that's a, the way to put it. What are, how right. do you set up the boundaries? I,
1: we have, we haven't really ever had an issue. Hmm. So we've had, I think four or five people now hired under the age of 25. Mm -hmm. uh one was 18 one was 21 22 and i think 24 25 somewhere in there yeah i mean but they're already so used to like i mean like jeans are just normal like they if they i had one person show up in nice pants and a blouse for an interview and i was like hey and i'm wearing studded jeans and a black polo shirt with a (laughs) floral print blazer she's like oh i was like hey yeah i'm like you know it's as long as things aren't hanging out we're we're good yeah. I mean, if you're comfortable, we're comfortable, as long as you feel you're presentable. Yeah. You know, if I see an issue, I might let you know, but...
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, tattoos are... Yeah, they're not tattoos. Tally- I don't have any yet, but that doesn't mean I won't. Yeah. But when I started an in insurance, it was not acceptable for an insurance agent to have a full sleeve. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or that's what we were told, and right. that was 20 years ago. Yeah. So things have changed quite a bit, and I think that people are just more... I mean, holes in your ears, whatever that may be. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. It's part of the the culture that's now happening. And we have to kind of be flexible to that as well.
0: Well, I'm trying to remember, um, we were doing some Christmas shopping, right? And some of the nice stores, I mean, people are just jerks. And then like, uh, my daughter wanted something specific from Hot Topic. I went mm-hmm. in there. They were like super helpful, right? So you're talking about.
1: I love Hot yeah. Topic. Yeah. not I mean, not because it's my style, but just because you walk yeah. in there like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Like, how you doing today?
0: Yeah. I still <laughs> like the weird dad, like, hi, you know? Right. <laughs> right. I
1: mean, and then daughter, I remember like. My daughter's you know, that, 24 and she's yeah. like, oh, yeah. no, I want this. And I'm like, I'll go to Hot Topic and get it. Yep. Yeah. You know, but then you go to Nordstrom and you're like, oh, let's be extra conservative as we walk through the suiting section while we're looking for something specific because.
0: Yeah. Yep. I think the other one was journeys, like the shoe store and the, the, the gal there is like super, super helpful and very inviting. So I think that's a, like you said, be, be authentic. Um, and then be helpful. And like, like you've gone through, like learn everything you can learn. You know, if you're intelligent and you can connect with people, and when they ask you a question you can speak intelligently to it. Right. You know, it, I mean you're you wearing a moon suit, right? And and people I think buy you're
1: not not limiting your education either. I mean, yeah. I still read seven or eight magazines a month about insurance, as yeah. thrilling yeah. as that topic is. <laughs> And 90% of it never applies to anything that I'm ever going to do. But I'm still like, oh, that was like, it made my brain think. Or, you know, when we are somewhere and somebody has that random one-off question, they're like, oh, my insurance agent said blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, eh, maybe for your carrier specifically, but in general, or, you know, did you know that this is what's happening? Or, and it's kind of helped us with forecasting as well. With the whole COVID thing, commercial shut down almost overnight i mean we were getting calls like i am closed i have no money i can't pay my bills i need to cancel my insurance we're like no 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 yeah yeah yeah. and we already had a proactive solution in place and then we started marketing right away again for as things pick up again give us a call
0: yeah
1: yeah you know so i mean but had we not been on the facebook groups and reading the magazines and learning the trending and staying educated we'd have no clue yeah there's some agents that are still just
0: mind blown that this is happening. I don't know. Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned reading because I don't know if you heard.
2: Uh, mm. this is actually
0: mm-hmm. maybe the first copy ever of my new book, Be Intentional Estimating, uh, Developing the Right Mindset and Habits for Yourself and Your Team to Succeed with Estimating Property Insurance Claims. So <laughs> I saw that on Facebook the other yeah. day. If we meet up in person, if you're interested, my author copies haven't come in yet, but I'd be glad to give you a signed copy. That'd you know? be amazing. <laughs> you can put that on your, your plaque. So yeah. Well, awesome. I don't want to, uh, I, I definitely want to have another conversation. I enjoy every time we're in a meeting and, um, I don't know. I, I just had Turelsky, uh, Davis, um, uh, yeah. that actually just dropped, uh, yesterday. I was talking about financial, another person, you know, great personality, great person, very, mm-hmm. um, depth of knowledge in, in the, in what he does. Um, So what's something new that you're learning, you know, personally or professionally that, uh, you know, has kind of tickled your brain recently that you (laughs) want to leave people with?
1: I uh, actually was challenged by my boss to read a book from start to finish, stop ordering them, start reading them. (laughs) Because every once in a while, I'll I'll see a great book and I'm like, oh, this is going to be mind-blowing. And I get to like the fourth page and I'm like, "Mm," or something else comes up and whatever. And so he challenged me to read a book So I made it to chapter two and in three weeks, that was pretty impressive (laughs) for me. And, but I'm also working with another mentor that was like, okay, how's the book going? And I'm like, I've made it to chapter two. He's like, did you read the last chapter? I was like, no. He's like, read the last chapter. Tell me what you think. I read the last chapter. I was like, it was just as boring as the first two chapters. Great. (laughs) We need to find you some videos to watch. Yeah. So my new challenge is every week, every day, for the first week, I had to watch a three-minute video on anything, management, insurance. I mean, it was basically pick YouTube and Google a search a subject. Something professional. So something to enrich my mind and keep me engaged for three minutes. The next week is four minutes, then it's five minutes. So eventually, I'm supposed to get up to 15 minutes at a time.
0: Okay.
1: And it's because I'm much more of a visual person than, yeah, like I can read a book. Yeah. I just don't enjoy <laughs> enjoy it, especially when it's, not the most exciting subject matter
0: do you think i think you're like an extrovert right you're very social um, I, so i'm an
1: introvert extrovert so when intro, i'm at, yeah i'm, I'm almost 50 50. okay so when i'm out and about and it's people i know or i'm in a familiar setting i'm perfectly fine yeah if i'm somewhere new and don't know anybody i'm completely shut down until i get more comfortable in the situation
0: Okay. okay do you, well i was gonna say do you think you'd benefit from like a book club would it would it create a positive correlation if you were reading a book that you then were discussing with other people
1: it might that might be another good idea yeah. as well
0: yeah i don't know that there's all that many
1: right. it's
0: well, it, <laughs> well and, I, I think, and i think
1: like i keep choosing like i keep choosing like management like so to how to books. change the world in three days and i'm like i start reading it i'm like that might work. Okay. <laughs> or I go down a rabbit hole. Like, I'm like, oh, this is such a great paragraph. And then two hours later, I'm still, like, researching how to make one little paragraph happen.
0: Well, I still contend a lot of books, uh, their, they're like, kind of preface or their opening chapter, that's the meat, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, damn, yeah, that's really good. And then it's, like, 19 chapters of fluff, you know, trying okay. to prove the point to get to a page count, you know, and so... Um, yeah, that's uh, read a book. Do you do Audible? Is Audible interesting to you?
1: <laughs> I can't. I can't even listen to the radio in the car. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I will drive. I'll do a two-hour drive in silence because my mind really? is just constantly thinking. Wow. So, if the radio's on, that's fine, but I don't normally pay attention to it. So, yeah. there's only been one audio book that I've ever been able to get through. And that was just because she swore a lot, and it was like highly engaging. And I was like, oh, oh. But I'd still have to rewind it, like every twenty minutes. I'd have to rewind it ten minutes because then I'd start thinking about, oh, yeah, that was a really good point. And how does this affect me? And what's one little thing I can change, or what's one little thing I can do?
0: It grabbed your attention. What was uh What was? Yeah. You remember the book?
1: Um, something about being kickass or <laughs> oh, uh,
0: it's like a yellow
1: book, right? Yeah, it's a yellow book. Yeah. Everybody was reading it there for a while. Yep.
0: Yeah well i think uh the, the subtle art of not giving an ass for whatever yeah I mean, there's uh you you maybe maybe you'd like a gary i've never read a gary Vaynerchuk book but if he writes the way he talks you know then it's right. probably uh you know well and that's that's kind of like these tempo. videos
1: i'm watching now is i'm trying to find more exciting content or yeah yeah, more yeah animated versus just the
0: yeah
1: instructional
0: the, the, yeah the the dogmatic well sweet man um I, uh, like I said, I've I've always enjoyed all of our interactions and um, really, it is very cool, uh, you know, that you're in a situation where they recognize that, you know, unleashing you, unleashing your powers, right. good for you, good for the company. And then, um, but sometimes too, you can get that and then not reciprocate, but it sounds like you've done a great job of. Right. And that I mean,
1: works. and I think too, that if there wasn't that reciprocation, it wouldn't yeah. have worked for either one of us.
0: Yeah. 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 So well, the trust has to be there. Right. And, uh, absolutely. That's I, I, I was at a place and they're, they're like, well, we just have to trust each other. It's like, no, no, no. That's not how that works. We have to be honest and, and have integrity. And if we have honesty and integrity, then we'll trust each other. Cause I don't, I mean, to work with each other, I don't have to like you, but right. I have to trust that you're doing your job. If you do your job, even if you do it differently than me, I'll trust you you know I mean, I, we don't have to hang out or whatever right I we don't have
1: to you. be best friends outside of work as yep. long as i know you're doing what you need to do and yep. you know what you need to do
0: yep yep so well sweet man well hopefully uh, hopefully we can we should do something in person uh yeah and uh um we'll go from there so
1: sounds wonderful
0: awesome thank you steven yes yeah, yeah. it was great talking with you today I think authenticity gets thrown around. It becomes like a catchword, right? But it is like understanding who you are, understanding what you bring to the table, finding a way to maximize that, and then bringing people around you that have complementary, you know, skill sets, so that they can. Invest be a hundred percent engaged in what they're good at and make your team better Um, Too often like a guy like Steven right too often in an organization is a threat. This person is really intelligent really outgoing uh, Has has helped us build our team and so we got to tamp them down and so um, you know maybe a little bit jaded right but uh But that idea that a company can embrace somebody and say, man, you've got this skill set. There too is an opportunity, right? Make your skill set something that literally nobody else wants to do. Who Data, cleaning, and recovery. You know, like how much more boring could it be? But you can tell he has found a way to utilize it. He sees how it makes sense and helps the organization. It's been critical to their... Ability to synchronize their systems and grow their company, um, not only grow his nine-to-five company, Cross Insurance, but his own, you know, diva of insurance, um, and so, and that's the the entrepreneurial spirit, right? When you can do things within your wheelhouse, you know, how many companies could benefit from allowing people to express themselves? and um do what they do best at work find a way to um specialize in that and add that to you know maybe a little bit of side and i I think the, the the part that is most intriguing is just that trust like his company has said literally like all right you divide the line if it's cross insurance cross pays for it you know expenses covered those kinds of things if it's 50-50, 50/50, let's do the split. And if it's 100% deep of insurance, just let us know and, you know, request a time, make sure your stuff's covered, right? <laughs> trust people? What? And then what's so funny is companies trust people, but they oftentimes people in a position of leadership trust the wrong people, right? You trust the people that are skimming um, or or shady or are only looking out for themselves and, you know, team-minded people like Steven you know good professionals they're not motivated as much by the money but like the accountability to the team what you're building the vision those kinds of things the freedom it's insane it's just insane folks and there you have it like it can work so um i i mean uh i remember when um we got coffee just like thinking Holy cow, this is awesome. So uh, good stuff can happen when you do good things with good people, right? So people, process, production, progress, right? And, uh, and everybody wants to talk about profits, but those are the four keys that actually lead to that. Profits are a byproduct. They're a result of the process, the people, the production, the progress. Change my mind on that. When you focus on profits, you struggle with those other four things. When you focus on those four things, wow, profits happen. It's crazy, you know. Those things, those four things, produce the profits, not the other way around. If you focus on profits, you're gonna struggle with people, struggle with your prog- process, struggle with production, struggle with your progress. I tried to um, a little bit illustrate that. I made a one of my first attempts at kind of like a. A comic that's a little bit funny but you know inform day <laughs> what like the dojo podcast infotainment tried it in a different medium um it's like a comic you can see that it's izvents.com forward slash modern leader it's cringe like most of the stuff we do But, uh, you know, um, if this stuff turns you on or turns you on, turns you on, (laughs) turns you off, you're probably not listening after, you know, just a couple of minutes, right? And you're not a good fit for what we do anyways, right? So that's okay. There are plenty of other people out there doing podcasting, doing coaching and consulting, and uh, they're much more talented than I am, and they fit the mold probably that you'd be looking for, right? So we... We are not, nor do we claim or want to be for everybody. So, um, also upcoming, Irene, um, sorry, I'm going to mess up his name, Shipzir, with uh, 911 Restoration. Um, he'll be the next guest on the podcast. I've got to release eventually the um, second half of our conversation with David Princeton. Got a couple other guests that we're reaching out to um, that we're excited about, Um, just a matter of nailing things down. So um, if you listen at it's about the 29 minute point, Uh, we've got a a, a collaboration that we're doing with Accelerate Restoration Software on October 5th. Um, You go to their website, you register to win a free iPad and um, no no strings attached. Um, And they are working to, uh, you know, buy restoration contractors for restoration contractors. Like Steven works for in the insurance, when you've got the data, you can make it work for you and it can help your company grow. You just need to make sure it's stuff that every, you know, the, the everyday employee can use. So um, October 5th, will be uh, live announcing the winner of the co-branded um, iPad and uh, a copy of my book and a JoJo podcast t-shirt. So... Uh, be looking for that Uh, check that out check them out accelerate restoration software for contractors by contractors of the contractors with the contractors because of the contractors thank you for listening to dojo podcast the infotainment podcast for the skilled trades uh, helping you shorten your dang learning curve thank you good night
2: This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.